You are Locked On Vols, your daily Tennessee Volunteers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Balls, your team every day. My name is Josh Ward. Thank you for being here today. I hope everybody has had a great new year, great start to the year, as Tennessee is hoping to start off the year 2020 with a win against Indiana in the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl. So this is kind of a game day preview show for you. I'm actually recording Thursday evening and wanted to go ahead and put out the show because obviously it's leading up to the game and uh, want to get it out to you before the game happens. And I'll have a show on Friday, so I'll record a podcast, I guess Thursday night after the game takes place, to set you up for Friday and the weekend as well. So I have a post-game podcast episode. Today's episode is a preview episode. Tennessee and Indiana at 7 o'clock on Thursday night on ESPN in the Gator Bowl. In segment number one, I'll look at a few keys to the game, what Tennessee needs to do. Also, Jeremy Pruitt talking about the bowl game offering a few weeks of preparation Could things be different from Indiana or just in general with teams you face compared to what you saw in the regular season? That's coming up here in segment number one. In segment number two, I'm going to talk to John Blau. He covers Indiana for the Herald Times in Bloomington, Indiana. He's going to tell you what you need to know about Tennessee's opponent. We'll get some more information on the Hoosiers who enter the game with a date and four record. And then some players to watch in segment number three on the offensive and defensive side. A few guys to maybe pay attention to for the future as well, plus a recruiting note before the show ends. So it's a busy show, Locked On Vols, the first of the new year and the new decade, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. So when you look at Indiana, as I've mentioned over the last couple of weeks, it's a team that looks stronger on offense than on the defensive side. Peyton Ramsey is the quarterback to know. He's a really good uh, player, and he's a veteran, and his story is similar to Jarrett Garantano, both quarterbacks lost their jobs to younger quarterbacks at different times in the season, were given opportunities because of injuries to those younger quarterbacks, and made the most of it. Both teams have that story here at the end of the season. Peyton Ramsey's also kind of an interesting uh, story or has an interesting connection to Tennessee in that he is named after Peyton Manning. So you have that kind of connection. Kind of cool that he's ending his college career going up against the school where Peyton, of course, became famous in college. So uh, that's just a a note for you there on Indiana's football team. And it's a team that can be really good on offense, second in the Big Ten in total offense behind Ohio State. So that says something to you as well. Now, a question that Jeremy Pruitt was asked this week when he met with the media had to do with the amount of time you have to get ready for a bowl game. Indiana also is getting ready for this game with its offensive coordinator having become the head coach at Fresno State. He's still coaching in this game. Uh, which is kind of interesting, actually. But uh, So they're sending him off. But the question to Jeremy Pruitt was, with the extra time you have to get ready for a bowl game, do you see teams do things differently than they did in the regular season? Here's what Jeremy Pruitt said. Well, you get um, you know, the extra time. So obviously with, with more time, there's, there's opportunities to do some, some extra things. Uh, but when you look at bowl games, most teams do the things that they do. Uh, you know, that as a coach, you want to go back and the things that you've been pretty good at, you want to make sure that you continue to do that. I, to me, it seems like a lot of times in bowl games, if you look at offenses, you can go back and look at their explosive plays over the course of 12 or 13 games. And, you know, you'll see a lot of them in succession, you know. Uh, talking about calling them in the bowl game, uh, which might be a little different than you would see uh, during a regular season. Some thoughts there from Jeremy Pruitt. And one thing with the bowl game, it's the end of the season, 
what does it really mean in the, the grand scheme of things? So you might see coaches be more aggressive if it's a, a fourth down call. Coaches might be more likely to go for it. You would like to think that's the case. Jimbo Fisher the other night in a win was punting in Oklahoma State territory on like fourth and four, which drives me crazy. But again, they won the game, so what does he care? But but in general, I would say you probably see coaches, if it's fourth and goal, maybe take a shot at scoring a touchdown as opposed to a field goal because why not? Uh, on Thursday, P.J. Fleck was rowing the boat, and uh, Minnesota, being aggressive, got the win against Auburn. That was a big deal for that program. So perhaps we'll see that from Indiana. Again, a team that is stronger on the offensive side and on the defensive side has some bigger questions. So I think the most important thing for Tennessee in this game, my number one key or factor for the Vols would be how the defensive line plays. Tennessee needs to be disruptive. I think a weakness for Tennessee in September has become a strength and a reason to believe that Tennessee has a really good chance to win. And I think carrying over into 2020, next year we're going to talk about Tennessee's defensive line as a reason that Tennessee can have success in the SEC because of the depth and the improvement of so many players individually. So if Tennessee wins the battle up front, if Tennessee is able to create pressure and disrupt Peyton Ramsey, it could be a lot more difficult for him. If not, Indiana has an offense that can be really successful. So I guess a sidebar to that would be, how does Tennessee's secondary play? Bryce Thompson's healthier. That's a benefit of the last several weeks that Tennessee has had off, that uh, he's had a chance. As he was playing late in the season but was not at 100%, he should be better off there. And you know, that's going to be the case for a lot of guys. You just you get four or five weeks off, well, obviously you're going to feel better than you did as you were playing pretty much every week. But for somebody like Bryce Thompson, I think that's especially the case. Also on offense, Tennessee's not going to have Juwan Jennings in the first half. Who steps up? Marquez Callaway and Josh Palmer are obvious answers. Who steps up in a leadership role? Is uh, somebody like Trey Smith a guy that will have the group fired up? Is This is probably his last game. He's not made that official, but that's the expectation, I think, that Trey is going to enter the NFL draft. And again, that is not official and he has to make that decision and announcement official himself. But uh, with that anticipation, I think Trey is going to be very fired up to play in his first bowl game. And it's the first bowl game for a lot of players. Jared Garantano did not play in that bowl game in 2016. So it's the first opportunity for him as well. So who steps up in a leadership role with Juwan Jennings not being there in the first half? And who also steps up to make plays? Third down conversions. Tennessee has been much better there late in the season. Indiana has been good defensively, getting third down stops. Well, in the first half, you don't have Juwan Jennings to go to. Do other players emerge in that kind of position? And Tennessee, of course, needs to make sure that it brings the motivation, that it's focused and prepared for this game, because Indiana's going to be. I don't think that's going to be an issue. I've said that here on the show. I've said it on other spots as well, said on the radio. I think this is a game where both teams are very excited to play, very excited to try to get a win, to close out on a positive note. For Tennessee, it would be finishing the season with six straight wins. I think that would mean something to these players. And then on the side of Indiana, it would be the chance to get a ninth win. Hasn't happened a lot in that program. And a chance to beat an SEC team is a big deal to Indiana as well. So neither team should lack motivation going into this game. And again, that's just a question you have at uh, bowl season. After the game uh, between Utah and Texas, Texas just rolled up Utah the other night. Utah's quarterback admitted, yeah, we treated this like a vacation, not a game. I mean, that's just something you have to deal with. If you're in a, if you're in a bowl pick'em, I happen to be this year, and I might have taken Utah. 
to hear that after the game is extremely frustrating. But in this game, I'd be surprised to look at it and see that either team came out flat because they weren't excited to be there. Doesn't mean both teams are going to play well uh, or that either team will will have a big performance. Just I think both teams will be into the game. Uh, but that's something to pay attention to as well. What do you need to know about Indiana's football team? I'm going to get to that coming up in the next segment as I'll be joined by John Blau from the Herald Times in Bloomington. And then in segment number three, I will get to a few individual Tennessee players to watch in this game. A couple of names to pay attention to who might play even bigger roles for Tennessee next season. Henry Toto is going to talk about that, plus a recruiting note for you. All of that right here on Locked On Vols, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I want to welcome to the show now John Blau, who covers Indiana, getting ready to take on Tennessee in the Gator Bowl in Jacksville. John covers the team for the Herald Times in Bloomington. And John, I appreciate the time. It's an 8-4 and four Indiana fo- uh, football team coming in. What has impressed you most about what Indiana has been able to do this season? Uh, just winning the games that they're supposed to win. If you go down and look at their schedule, I think this is a much-talked-about point. They haven't beaten a team with a over 500 record, but the teams that they should be, they are beating this year, which is actually a change for IU's program. And in, in years past, they trip up and, and fall against teams that you wouldn't really uh, expect them to, or you feel like they have a good chance of winning uh, games down, down the stretch. They would find some way to lose them, but they, they didn't really do that this year against uh, inferior opponents. They really uh, put their foot down uh, on their throats and dominated those games and then found ways to win late in other games. Um, Maryland, they got turnovers down the stretch. Nebraska, they've got the uh, scores they needed, the Purdue game, double overtime. Uh, Peyton Ramsey's able to get a sneak uh, from one yard out to, to win that game. So uh, just being able to find ways to win is probably the biggest improvement we've seen from this program. And then this one's a game that's at least projected. If you look at the point spread, um, whatever, I think a, no, a number of numbers out there show that it, it could be a really good matchup going in. What do you think when you see that this this game with Tennessee and Indiana, where I think that it's probably it would be the best win of the season for either team, whichever team wins. Do you think that's the case? What else do you think about just the two teams matching up? Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting matchup. Like you said, uh, Tennessee coming in with five straight wins, obviously a much different team than they were in the beginning of the year. And IU really trying to get that statement win, trying to get that win against an over 500 team, like I was saying. So uh, I think it's two teams that have a lot to play for, honestly. And I know IU definitely appreciates this opportunity being that uh, in years past, this isn't a game that they would have been projected to win or be close in against a a perennial top, you know, program like Tennessee that has such history. Uh, it was kind of a similar situation to Nebraska when they went down there and beat them for the first time in 60 years. So I know that IU is definitely motivated. And it's definitely uh, it's important just for the trajectory of their program as well, just trying to show that they're improving. Uh, they can move up that, that Big Ten East a little bit. I know with the 
uh, Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan, things like that. It's hard to get to that top tier, but it's definitely a, a prestigious bowl for them. Their first post New Year's bowl uh, in, in a long time uh, since 1988. So uh, it's a big moment for the program for IU at least, and I think for Tennessee as well. Hey, John, when you look at the offense for Indiana, when the Hoosiers have been at their best, what have they done? What uh, what should Tennessee fans know about what Indiana will probably try to do offensively in this game? Uh, when they're at their best, it's, it's all about Peyton Ramsey, uh, the backup quarterback, lost the fall camp competition um, to Michael Penix Jr., but took over because of numerous injuries to Michael Penix. And uh, Peyton Ramsey's just been a much better quarterback this year than he was last year. And it comes back to limiting mistakes. I mean, he had 13 interceptions in 12 games last year when he was the starter Uh, this year, he only has four interceptions. So they take care of the ball. Uh, They don't run it particularly well, uh, but they run it well enough to be able to continue to move the chains and put Peyton Ramsey in decent situations uh, where he's not having to convert a lot of third longs, but uh, Peyton Ramsey's even made some plays with his legs and uh, been able to convert some of those, you know, uh, longer third down. So it comes down to Peyton Ramsey just protecting the ball, um, continuously getting the ball to his tight end, sometimes even his check down running back or, or his big possession wide receivers. Watt failure is obviously extremely important, the slot receiver over a thousand yards on the year. So uh, just a very, very uh, MVP like performance for Peyton Ramsey this season. So he's pretty much the key, I would say. John Blau covers Indiana for the Herald Times in Bloomington, Indiana. And uh, Stevie Scott there at running back, what's his status? And then just overall best you can tell, injury status with the football team getting ready for the Gator Bowl. Uh, Stevie Scott is still questionable. We've asked numerous times. Uh, the update hasn't really moved from there. I don't think Tom Ellen's going to say much, honestly, uh, coming into the game. But uh, he's he's very much questionable. Uh, Samson James would be the next guy up, a freshman running back who actually had a, 118 yards rushing against Purdue, and so he's a very capable player. Uh, he actually had an act, and he actually had an ankle injury of his own in that game, but was able to uh, rest up, and he's fine, good to go. Matthew Bedford was a tackle who also missed the Purdue game. Their offensive tackle was actually from Tennessee, and uh, he's healthy and practicing, so he should be fine. Uh, the other questionable guy is uh, Simon Stepanak who is their uh, right guard, senior right guard. He's got injured supposedly in practice during the prep for this bowl game, and he's questionable as well. Yeah, and then when you talk to to players, you hear from Tom Allen, uh, the head coach there at Indiana, what stands out about what they've had to say about Tennessee? Anything that that stands out to you about what they've said about the upcoming game? I think a lot of the, the, the normal things that people say about SEC football programs, just a lot of speed, uh, athleticism. I know I asked in particular about the receiving core. Tom Allen even noticed just watching special teams film uh, how much the volunteers put some of their best wide receivers on special teams. And it it stands out how how quick, how fast they are in terms of how they move. So uh, definitely the speed, I think, is an aspect that he's emphasized the most. Jennings is a guy they've talked a lot about, got a lot of questions about, obviously, because of his situation with the first half, second half, and how do you handle that? Uh, when he's in the game but I think the the wide receivers for Tennessee are definitely something they've talked a lot about yeah so on on the defensive side for Indiana what would stand out there about one maybe how they try to uh, defend the speed and the passing attack from the Vols and then just what Indiana has been on that side of the ball on defense this year yeah defense uh, definitely kind of 
sputtering a little bit in the latter three games of the season. They've given up 30-plus points each of the last three games. That's probably the most important side of the ball for IU in this game in terms of just doing enough to limit the volunteers. Um, secondary has had its struggles. They do have one fantastic freshman, Taiwan Mullen, who has really risen up the depth chart. He's the brother of Trayvon Mullen, who is a Raider, uh, used to be at Clemson. And uh, he, he's a guy who would be the guy that would be on Jennings whenever he comes back in the game. Uh, you would expect to see Taiwan Mullen on him. But, yeah, it, it's going to be tough. It, it's not as much about shutting down Tennessee. I don't know if IU's able to shut them down unless Tennessee kind of stubs itself in the toe a bunch. But I think just slowing them down just enough and maybe even forcing a few field goals, that's what IU has to do. John Blau covers Indiana for the Herald Times in Bloomington, Indiana. John, really good information. Thanks so much for taking some time to join me here today to take a look at the Gator Bowl coming up Thursday night. No problem. Thanks, Josh. I appreciate John taking a few minutes to join me here on the show. Coming up in the final segment of Locked on Vols, players to pay attention to on each side of the ball, offensively and defensively, Henry To'o To'o on younger players getting ready to kind of take over the leadership reins of Tennessee's program, and also uh, a name out there to pay attention to in January on the recruiting trail. I'm going to get to all of that next on Locked on Vols, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. A few players to pay attention to for Tennessee tonight in the game against Indiana. Guys who might need to have a, a big performance for Tennessee to get the win. As I mentioned in the first segment, and is well documented at this point, Tennessee will be playing in the first half without Juwan Jennings. I think that could open up an opportunity for Dom Wood Anderson. If you think about third downs, if you think about the middle of the field, Wood Anderson is a player who will have a chance maybe to get the ball thrown his way more with Juwan not being available. Of course, uh, down the field, you have Callaway, Palmer, Ramel Keaton, also might see more of an opportunity, the talented true freshman wide receiver who could be a starter next season. But Domwood Anderson in his final game for Tennessee might be somebody to pay attention to. I'll be curious to see how involved Eric Gray is at running back. Ty Chandler is healthier than he was at the end of the season when he didn't play against Vanderbilt. And with Chandler being out, Eric Gray got a big opportunity and made the most of it with the performance he put up against the Commodores is that something that Gray could build on as next year he's absolutely going to be a player we talk about as someone who could take a leap and become a high-level player in the SEC? He has the talent. We know that. And then also something worth paying attention to on offense, what's the center position look like? Is Brandon Kennedy playing if he is or if he isn't? Uh, if he's not, it's Jerome Carvin who will be starting there. But how does that center position perform? What's the run game look like? Uh, because if Kennedy's out there, he may not be at 100%. And if he's absent, well, you have a new starting center for the first time this season. So that's worth paying attention to how Tennessee performs on the interior of the offensive line. Having Trey Smith to your left, that does help for sure. On the defensive side, if I talk about Tennessee trying to create pressure up front, well, that conversation starts with Daryl Taylor, doesn't it? Final game for Taylor and Daniel Batuli. I can promise you they'll be fired up and you'll probably hear Batuli's name called a number of times with the amount of tackles he might be able to finish up with. That's happened a bunch of times during his time at Tennessee. I mentioned Bryce Thompson as well. Could he make some plays in the defensive backfield for Tennessee? And then Henry To'o To'o. He's had a really good freshman season. He's been a starter since day one and has continued to develop. And he's kind of the guy next year, isn't he? Next season, we'll be talking about Henry To'o To'o leading the way for the defense. He, he was asked about that by Austin Price 
uh, the other night after practice and dismissed the idea that it would be his defense. But I think it kind of will be with Daniel Batuli leaving. But that's something that Henry talked about, younger guys knowing that the last few weeks have been important for them because they're going to have more of an opportunity after this season ends. Everybody plays a huge factor. Everybody stepped it up because everybody realizes that we're losing uh, losing a lot of leaders on defense. So everybody, I, I can't really point out one guy. Um, I feel like the, the entire younger guys, including me, uh, I have a lot of room to improve and I have uh, to step up big time next year. So, you know, we're all working as a group. Henry Tooto for sure will be a player to watch and then he'll be a guy that is asked to help kind of lead the way with the 2019 class. Uh, a bunch of players will be playing more or at least will will have more spots available for them heading into next year. Now, heading into January and the first week of February, there will also continue to be a focus on the recruiting trail. I mentioned earlier in the week, I wanted to get you a, a quick recruiting update as you have the Under Armour game Thursday evening. It's a six o'clock kick there in Orlando. And then the All-American Bowl coming up in uh, San Antonio, that's on Saturday. Harrison Bailey and Keyshawn Lawrence will not be playing in the game on Saturday as they've had uh, what appear to be minor injury issues. Also, Darnell Washington will be making his announcement at the Under Armour game. He's the five-star tight end that I've talked about a lot on this show from out in Las Vegas. He's down there in Orlando. All indications are that he will announce for Georgia, but it's still worth paying attention to. I don't know what time he's set to announce. I don't know if that's been said, but the Under Armour game is at 6 o'clock. Tennessee's game kicks off at 7 o'clock, so he could be making that announcement during Tennessee's football game. Again, the expectation is that he's announcing for Georgia. Tennessee has been the other school that has been most commonly linked to Washington, along with Alabama, Florida, and Miami. Uh, So it's worth paying attention to. It's just that Tennessee would be considered the upset pick if that's who he goes with. So something to note there. Also, heading into this final month of the 2020 recruiting process, Jay Hardy is still available. He is the defensive lineman from Chattanooga. He did not sign with Auburn. He's committed to Auburn. And Auburn is the favorite to land him, but there's a chance that he could end up at Tennessee. Tennessee is at least going to take a shot there. I talked to Jesse Simonton of AllQuest.com, who's been down in Jacksonville covering bowl preparation, but also uh, what's going on in Orlando. And I asked him about Jay Hardy, where things stand, what he thinks about the defensive lineman who did not sign with Auburn. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the feeling around the program is that Tennessee does feel like they have a real shot to flip Jay Hardy. That's not that it's to say that it's some sort of formality, but but Jay absolutely could have, you know, ended this uh, by signing, um, you know, two weeks ago and, and opted not to do that. And so, you know, the green light has kind of been given for the balls. I, I would not expect Jay to really tip his hand publicly at all, um, but expect you know, with Kevin Chair, Chair, Tracy Rocker, Derek Ansley kind of all together leading that charge. They've done well, I think, getting back with the family. That's been important, you know, behind the scenes in, in recent weeks. I would expect Jay to uh, show up on campus again in January. Um, you know, he can get there. Uh, he's already taken his official visit, but he can obviously just being down the road in Chattanooga can come to Knoxville fairly easily, certainly much easier uh, than even a trip to Auburn, although it's not that far either. Um, so, and maybe one pro- possibly, uh, you know, nugget, I think that can't be oversold or o- overlooked here is that Gus Malzahn for Auburn has already used his in-home visit, uh, with Jay Hardy. That happened in December. Jeremy Pruitt in Tennessee kind of strategically held that bullet. Uh, so they still have that card to play. And I think that could end up being an, an important, maybe, uh, thing for the Vols, kind of a, a low key, 
uh, nugget right there that perhaps, you know, if they can get in the door last, you know, what happens uh, come, you know, February 6th or 7th. So Jesse's saying there's a chance there, maybe a really good chance for Tennessee. At least it's a possibility Jay Hardy could flip. That'll be worth monitoring over the next few weeks. Tennessee already has a really good class from the state of Tennessee here for 2020. If Jay Hardy were to change his mind and sign with the Vols, it would potentially be an elite class of in-state players, especially up front on the defensive line. So there's a recruiting note for you as well. I'll have more of that over the next several weeks before we get to signing day in February, which is actually February 5th will be uh, signing day, the first Wednesday in February. So Tennessee against Indiana, Thursday night, 7 o'clock kickoff on ESPN. You can hear the game on the Sports Animal in Knoxville, WIVK as well. So how about a pick? One final pick for the season. Tennessee goes in as a slight favorite in the game. I do think Tennessee will win. I think it'll probably be a competitive football game. I don't think Tennessee wins by a large margin. If if one team were to win by double digits, though, I would say Tennessee is more likely to do that than Indiana. Give me Tennessee 31-24, somewhere in that range. 28-24, 31-24, I think is where uh, Tennessee will We'll finish up uh, to stick with one. I'll say 30-24, to Tennessee over Indiana. Final game of the 2019 season. One more football game to kick off the year 2020 for Tennessee. And remember, I'll have a show for you Friday morning talking about what will have happened in the Gator Bowl, and then we'll look ahead to what happens over the next year for Tennessee. It's exciting time right now for Tennessee. Tennessee basketball getting ready for SEC play coming up on Saturday. So I'll have a couple of notes uh, on that for you. But the main focus, of course, will be football with Tennessee playing on Thursday night. Thanks so much for being here on Locked on Vols. Again, Happy New Year to everyone. Keep rating and reviewing the show, spreading the word to other Tennessee fans about the daily Tennessee podcast, Locked on Vols. Locked on Vols.